What's up, Gator Country? Hey, man, Andrew Spivey back with Nick. Nick, wasn't uh, wasn't as big of a game uh, blowout as we uh, we thought, or big of a win as we thought. Florida uh, had to hold on to a uh, 24-17 uh, win, but hey, W's are W's, and uh, you know Georgia Georgia had the same outcome. They only won by uh, well, they only won by what four points. Gators won by seven. Um, not a pretty game offensively for Florida, uh, but I would say they were pretty pretty solid for the most part on defense. I agree. I mean, when when you look at the game, uh, just as a as a as an entire here perspective. The Gators had nothing really going offensively in the first half, right? I think they, you know, they mustered just 66 yards of offense. Yeah. So when I, when when I think when when you look at the game kind of as a whole, Gators were able to go for like 245 yards in the second half. I mean, they they the the halftime adjustment made by Billy Napier and this staff was was definitely something to note. Um, yeah, and like you said with the defense, they they seriously stuck to the game plan and they uh and you know at times I thought they were you know they gave up they had some inconsistencies I know. You know, they gave up some third and longs, which didn't make uh, Gator Nation too happy. And we can dive into that in a second. But I think overall, when you look at the defense, you know, they played pretty consistently most of the game. They they, they did a decent job of keying in on the run. I know there was a few times uh, Nathaniel Pete slipped through, uh, had some big gains. But I think for the most part, they, they, they kind of limited limited uh, Missouri's offense, and, and they weren't able to do a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, uh, Missouri only had 174 total yards in the second half. Uh, you know, I, I thought Florida, for the most part, played a, a pretty good uh, half, um, you know, defensively. And I don't think they played bad defensively in the first half. You know, they're, like you said, there were some breaks there. But I, I think the thing for this is you kind of have to judge this defense on a sliding scale a little bit. Whereas in when I say that in and that is you kind of have to judge them based off of what they are, uh, not what they should be. And you know you look at you know the you look at the year to date stats, and this was a really good game for Florida. Um, Ventrell Miller, best probably his best game of, of his career. The man was a freaking magnet to the football, and. I mean, he was he was knocking shit out of people. Sorry, that's just what he was doing. Um, you know, there again, there was some some busted plays and some some big runs and things like that. But for the most part, this defense played really well, and this defense set this team up uh, offensively uh, several times. And uh, you know, at the end of the game, they held tough to allow Florida to come out with twenty four to seventeen win and. You know, we we can break it down and say what we want to say, or say you can say what you want to say, but defense won the game on Saturday. You know, absolutely, and, I, and Andrew, I think there's no question, right? When you when you look at this game, there is no question that the Gators' defense took a step forward today, and and I think I think what you said is 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 extremely accurate, right? Mm-hmm. We have to. We, we can't evaluate this Gators defense based on what we want it to be. We have to evaluate it for what it is and has been this season. Uh, and, and the Gators defense this season has not been good. But when you look at this game, 13 tackles for losses. That's the most uh, in a Gator game since 2019 opener against Miami. Uh, I think we sacked uh, Miami's quarterback like 10 times that game or something ridiculous. Um, but, you know, when you 13 tackles for losses and four sacks, and we were able to get – pressure on Brady Cook a lot of the game, making him move outside the pocket. You know, he was inaccurate uh, at times. So, like I said, 
you have to evaluate this Gators defense for what it is and has been and not what we expect. Obviously, we're all expecting Patrick Tony to to kind of get the ball rolling here in the next few seasons at UF, and I think he ultimately will. But I think when you look at this defense, you have to evaluate it for its individual performances this season. And this was a great performance by the defense. The, the, the defense won the game today, guys. Not only was the pick six and Jaden Hill's performances huge, but Ventro Miller was everywhere. I mean, you, you name it, he was doing it. He, the, Andrew, there were plays in that game where it didn't even appear that he was a part of the play and he would end up making like the, the, the saving first down, you know, tackle across the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there were several plays where it's like, whoa, is that the same Ventro Miller? <laughs> you know, because he looked fast. And, and, uh, and I'm not I'm not picking on Ventro for his flow or, or seeing any of that. I'm just, at, at times it was one of those where it was like, wow. Like, you know, he just, it looked like he was shot out of a cannon. And, um, and he was hitting, he was hitting hard. And, you know, he was playing incredibly good football. Um, 11 total tackles in the game, two tackles for loss, and a quarterback hurry. Uh, like you said, Florida got a lot of a uh, lot of pressure um, in the in the game and had uh, four sacks and the three hurries. And you know they were just they were they were getting a lot of pressure. Um, and you know it, it that is what we talk about all the time. The best recipe for helping your secondary is getting pressure. And and they were able to, and it wasn't just uh, one guy. You know, it was Princely, it was Ventrell, it was Brenton, it was Gervon, um, it was uh, Tyreek Sapp on a couple plays. Chris McClellan had a, had some uh, hurries in the game, and uh, you know, Amari Bernie had a couple blitzes where he was getting close. Uh, so overall, that the team in general got a lot of pressure, and I and I just I, I feel like it was a a good defensive game plan, and it worked. And, uh, you know, again, did you see some holes? Yeah, have to expect that with this defense. You, you, you just have to. If you're expecting this defense to go out, throw shutouts, and keep a team under 200 yards, you're watching the wrong defense. First of all, you're, watch, you're not watching defense – in 2022 because defenses don't have that happen anymore um so anytime you can hold a defense under you know 350 to 400 is a win in most cases anyway i agree and and one quick thing to note on defense as well uh andrew i have not seen the official snap count i'm going to pull it up right now but i think we saw more kamari wilson than we've seen this season outside of maybe last week against Eastern Washington? What, say that one more time. I said, I think we've seen Kamari Wilson, or we saw Kamari Wilson more often in this game than we have in any other game outside of maybe Eastern Washington. Yes, agreed. Uh, and, and I thought he played well. I mean, uh, you know, it, him and Dean at times uh, both played, played well. And, you know, I, I know you and I talked about this a little bit. That was a good game for Trey Dean, but – that was the type of game that Trey succeeds in. Games where he's asked to go in the box and knock the crap out of the running back. Yeah, I mean, again, no, no, there isn't really, you know, any complaints about what this defense did, you know, on Saturday. The the only kind of glaring issue that I saw, Andrew, was the was the third and longs, right? The you can't give up a third and twenty three and a third and fourteen on back to back possession like back-to-back plays essentially I mean right. that that's something that can't happen but Napier said 
it's extremely it's extremely correctable. Uh, and so we'll I hopefully we'll see. You know, I don't think that's been a major issue this season. Uh, the third and longs. Uh, but again, the Gators forced thirteen or sorry seventeen third downs. That's a that's an extremely high number. When you're forcing that many third downs, you're going to win the football game. Um, because Percentage it, is a little high. Yeah, I mean, but, it, but it wasn't but it wasn't horrible. No, no, you'd like it to be you, you know would. around thirty percent to forty percent is where you kind of like it to be. Um, but yeah, and I mean, here's the thing too, you know, Florida was up 14, uh, in the fourth quarter. And obviously, I mean, I wasn't comfortable by any means whatsoever. Uh, but you know, it was, uh, they were playing a little softer. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Andrew, what, what, what did you see from, from Anthony Richardson on Saturday? Um, a guy that looked banged up. Right. That, well, that that for me is that for me is the only thing. Um, uh, is I just, I you know, five carries, forty-five yards, all happened in the second half. You know, eight of fourteen throwing uh, for just sixty-six yards, which is absolute yuck. Um, but I just I, I look at a guy who did not look comfortable. Uh, you know, obviously he went out with the ankle. Um, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't think he was healthy in the game overall. Um, and you know, I know people were, were bashing the play calling. There were some good play calls. It just, I mean, you just weren't executed. And I mean, again, you can only do so much. I mean, you can only call a play. The play has to be executed. And a lot of them weren't executed on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, we can stop with the whole play calling kind of, you know, talk. I know it'll never stop, Andrew, but the uh, the the people need to realize that this is not the offense's kind of wrong wrongs have not been Napier's fault, and the defensive you know issues have not been Patrick Tony's fault. Um, and I and I think Andrew, we probably both agree there. You know, when you look at Anthony Richardson's performance, right? He th- he threw an interception, um, but. It, was it the wrong play call? Absolutely not. Ricky Persall was open in the middle of the field. Richardson th- Richardson threw the ball a little bit high, got banged around. You know, plays like that happen. Um, the one thing that I want to note about Richardson's performance in, in this game was not only did I think he looked a little bit more comfortable in the second half than he did in the first half, right. which, which I think is a step forward from what we saw right earlier in the season against Kentucky and against USF. So well, really when I, when I evaluate Richardson's performance in this game, I'm looking at two plays and I'm looking at the fourth down, the fourth and two where he took off for 32 yards and got down to the goal line. Mm-hmm. I look at that. I look at that play. And then I look at the third down on the goal line where, or the, th- yeah, the third down in the red zone where uh, Richardson got out of the pocket and found Ricky Persall in the back of the end zone for six points. Yeah. I'm looking at those two plays, Andrew, we did not see those two, those two plays. With, like earlier in the season against Kentucky, right? Late in the second half, that 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 those Richardson plays did not come out of the bag. And so even though even though Richardson did not light up the stat sheet, obviously 66 passing yard is yuck, like you said. But when you look at his performance, I thought that he made plays when it mattered and when the Gators needed him most. And I don't think we saw that against Kentucky and and against USF. I we didn't see it. 
Well, I think the biggest difference there is, you know, and we say this, this is not me picking on Anthony, but he's a guy who definitely wears his emotions on his sleeves. And in those two games in particular, when he got down, he got written down. And he wasn't able to get out of that. Uh, and now that you see that he was able to get out of that and respond in the second half, is showing that growth and maturity that, you know, hey, it might not be my best day, but I can still do enough to win the football game. And that's what he did. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, 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 I say this, and that is this team is going to go and come as Anthony Richardson does. In the first half, it wasn't good Anthony Richardson. Guess what? They did play well. They scored 10 points, um, and they were set up great on both of those. Um, in the second half, they scored 14 points and had you know uh, over 230 yards uh, of total offense. They looked better because Anthony Richardson looked better. This team has got to go. I will say this, though, and that is in the second half, when the game got on the line and the, the players got tired, you've seen a Florida offensive line that was not out of shape, that was not tired. You've seen an offensive line that started to lean on these guys and push these guys around and drive these guys around. And that's why you look at it and you, and you go back and you say, man, you know, how did Florida win this game? That's exactly it. Uh, let's see here. In the second half, Florida had 212 yards rushing. That was in the second half. Uh, 77 of those came in the uh, the fourth quarter. I mean, I like. I'm just. I, I can't even begin to describe how well this Florida Gators offensive line is playing this season, Andrew. Uh, and and I'm sure you can talk on it uh, some more. But I mean, the, the the Gators offensive line has given up four sacks this season, which is tied for 12th fewest in in FBS. Um, the Gators have over 200 rushing yards in four of the six games this season. Uh, Andrew, I don't know, like, and, and like, and I, I think you made a great point mentioning that they did not look tired in, in, in a game where it was kind of ground and pound all game long. They, they wore out that, uh, that Missouri front seven and boy, did it show uh, in the third and fourth quarter. Gators had four rushing, rushing uh, attempts of over 30 yards in the second half. I mean, they were just gashing them. And, right. and, and and it was it was largely due to the holes that the offensive line was creating, but also shout out to the running backs. I thought we saw a major adjustment from Trevor Etienne and um, Montreal Johnson, who really in the first half they 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 just weren't getting to the second level much, Andrew. I mean, they, you know, they they weren't necessarily playing bad. I, I I think they were you know getting four or five yards a clip, but they weren't really breaking the tackles that and, and kind of getting into the second level like we've seen so frequently this season. But in the second half, they did that. Uh, shout out to the offensive line and the running backs this game. That is that was a extremely impressive performance and a, and a great adjustment at halftime. But but Andrew, I, how how much longer do we have to to watch this offensive line to to start talking about them as one of the better offensive lines in the country? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, again, I, I said this, and you know, I kind of kind of starting to believe it myself a little bit, and that is, I think that that right side of Austin Barber and Osiris Torrance might be two of the nastier dudes in in the country. Those dudes are nasty. Uh, and when and when I say nasty, I mean they'll they'll knock the crap out of you. 
and and have no problem with you. They will uh, they'll push you, they'll drive you. They, they're doing really really well. Um, you know, again, I'm starting to see consistency from that unit. Um, that was a big thing for me was seeing consistency out of that unit um, this year, and you know, not seeing the ups and the downs like we've seen in uh, past years. Um, so I, you know, again, for everyone who was harping on Rob Sale and Dardell Stapleton, you're starting to see a group that's pretty good. Uh, you're starting to see a group that's gelling. Um, let's see, did, did Florida didn't have a sack? Didn't allow a sack in the game, did they? I think they allowed one on the the Richardson fumble. Is that? Would that yeah, that's true. I, yeah, that'll go down as a sack. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, four, four sacks on the season, right? So there. I mean, less than less than a sack a game. This this team, this offensive line is. He should have thrown the ball there. Uh, yeah. that, that's tough, uh, but it's a sex to sex. So, uh, you know, outside of that, they didn't allow a sack in the game, um, and, and I thought they did well. I mean, um, you know, obviously in the first half, the running, uh, the, the running holes weren't there as much as you would like. The gaps weren't as big as you would like, but in the second half, that was fixed. And remember, this was a defensive line for Missouri that's pretty good. It's a defensive line for Missouri that held their own against a, a Georgia defensive line that's really good. Yeah. I mean, four four seniors that start along that Missouri uh, Missouri defensive line. We saw Isaiah McGuire make a, a couple of nice plays for Missouri. And obviously their linebacker unit is good, too. We all know who's in that linebacker unit. Um, you know, Tyron Hopper is an excellent player, a guy that can affect the game um, in multiple different ways. So, you know, uh, like Don't I tell said, Dan Mullen that. No, don't. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I mean, when, when you look at this, the way this offensive line just adjusted at halftime and in the running backs as well, that was that was something to watch. Uh, like I said, I, I don't think they necessarily played poorly in the first half. It just wasn't where the Gators would have liked it to be. And I, and I think you saw an incredible improvement uh, at halftime. Shout out to, to, to Rob Sale. Um, you know, he, he's got a unit that's playing extremely good football right now. And and I think Andrew, me and you can both agree that this is the strength. The offensive line is is right now at least the strength of this football team. Yeah, I mean, you know, going into the year, I said on multiple uh, radio spots that I that I did, I said this team will be as good as the offensive line will allow it to be. And I said, you know, uh, I'll say it again, and that is when you look at this, you know, team. With the Anthony Richardson, it is not never going to be a 80% pass heavy offense. Just isn't. That's not what Anthony Richardson is. If you're asking Anthony to go out there and throw the ball, you know, 70 uh, or 50 times a game out of 70 plays, you're asking the wrong thing out of a quarterback. Uh, that's, that's not his game. And, uh, you know, you're starting to see that this offense is able to go uh, be, because of that. And, you know, I, I, I seen the comments where people were mad. And, you know, I even seen someone tweet at me saying, you know, hey, can we have Dan Mullen back? His offense is good. What? What? What, what are you talking about? No, no. Uh, this is a, a team that's continuing to improve. Uh, this is uh, Anthony who's continuing to get better, and uh, they won the football game. And uh, you know, obviously, they have a ways to go to be where they want to be as a football program. But it's it's year one. It's game what six? I mean, come on. Yeah, and I mean, what, also what I look at when I evaluate this offensive line is, you know, in l- last year's offensive line and in, in previous years 
how many holdings and false starts did we see, Andrew? I mean, yeah. Like Florida had what one penalty? In one the penalty for quarter? five yards. Yep. Yeah. With the the Gators' first penalty in this football game came with four minutes to go. Uh, yeah. That's that's an impressive performance right there by the offensive line and by the team, uh, you know, as a whole. But Andrew, I think I I know I know like two weeks ago I did the, I I ran the numbers and Florida had one holding on offensive line this season and I don't know if we've had a holding call in the last two games. So. You're telling I'm me that the Gators to think if they did in the uh, I mean, Eastern Washington yeah, game. I don't think the, they did. Exactly. So one holding in six games by this offensive line, that is like unheard of. That is is extremely impre- impressive. And you're seeing an offensive line that's playing disciplined football. Uh, and Andrew, just, just just a handful of false starts this season. I mean, it hasn't been a major concern. Um, you, you're seeing a and this is a veteran group. This is what they're supposed to do, right? They're they're supposed to be the most disciplined players on the team. You, we got, you know fifth year guy at left tackle, um, you know, a fourth year, you know, at guard, you know, another fourth year at center. Um, These are guys that, that the Gators are leaning on to, to play good football and and they're doing that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, for the first time they're doing their job, they're, they're setting the tone. Listen, SEC football is different because of, of line of scrimmage play. That's what it is. And you're seeing a team that is, finally doing that and imposing their will, um, you know, up front for the most part. And that's what's going to keep them in, in games and, you know, allow them to uh, compete. And, you know, if this defense can continue to improve, then this team's going to continue to improve this year uh, overall. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of good, a lot of sad that came out of it, obviously. You, you know, the the turnover uh, for Richardson was not good. Um, you know, you, you can't have that happen there. I mean, you either got to eat it or swing that thing as far as you can, you know, out there. Uh, the other interception can't, uh, I mean, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the interception, you can't have that and then the fumble for sure. Uh, you know, you can't have those, can't have those turnovers uh, in the game, but uh, special teams did improve a little bit. Uh, Xavier Henderson got a big return uh, in the game uh, and that was big, uh, but Mahalik missing kicks. Is it time for Trey Smack? <sighs> You know, I know I texted you during the game that you know I I think I'd like to see Trey Smack, but you know I, I I've kind of I've kind of sat and sat on it and, and, and thought about it. You know, it, it, it's extremely tough, right? I it's a it's a tough situation to kind of evaluate just because we haven't seen Trey Smack, right? We haven't seen him kick the football, um, at least you know not on field goals or extra points. Um, you know, Trey Smack has a leg, right? He he may be the guy next year. He may even be the guy at the end of the season. I. I'm leaning right now towards just let Adam Mahalik kind of play out the rest of the season simply because we can, we can redshirt Trace Mack, right? Um, and, and, and if you play him in, in four more games this season, the Gators burn his redshirt. And I think at this point, Gators are four and two, uh, one and two in SEC play. I, I'm just, I'm saying let's just let Adam Mahalik um, kick, kick the rest of the season and, and kind of see how the battle works going into next season. Uh, that's kind of where my head's at right now. Adam Mahalik hasn't been bad this season. That you know, I think he has three missed field goals now, but the but the, you know, most of them were from you know a really far distance. So, but you know, obviously having a kicker that can make 50 plus yarders is a huge benefit, especially in really close football games. So, I don't know, Andrew. I, you look I'm at saying, the Alabama game; it almost cost him. Couldn't make yeah. two. 
Yeah, I mean, and honestly, if if Missouri had went down and and scored a touchdown in that last drive, it would have cost the Gators because I I, I think that Missouri was going to go for two, Andrew, if they had scored on that last drive. Oh, I I agree, and and again, I I don't blame them. I, I, no, I don't either. In the swamp where it was, you know, hostile, and you know, you 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 were playing your best football of the day. Yeah, one hundred percent, I'd have went for it. Uh, it's uh. It's a tough question, you know, for it. Uh, obviously, you know, you, you, you brought Smack in uh, to be your guy. Um, and, you know, he's a scholarship guy and everything else. Uh, we'll see. You know, obviously, we don't see him practice to see, you know, how consistent he is. Heard good things about him. and know he has a, a long leg and uh, a big leg and, uh, can you know, can hit the distance of 50-plus. But um, need to see it in a game before, you know, you can really uh, judge that. Um, defensively, let's go back to the defense for a second here. Uh, Brent Cox played really well in the game, um, I thought. Um, I thought Presley played probably his best game of the season um, so uh, so far. Had six tackles and uh, three for a loss. Uh, and a couple quarterback hurries in the game as well. Uh, I thought them two played really well. And then I thought Gervon maybe had his best day of the uh, season. Yeah, I mean, I I think just I think you could you know sit in the room and point at a at a Gator you know defensive lineman and, and say well he he played pretty well. Uh, you know, Princely, you know, he was just shooting off the edge. He has some serious speed. Uh, yeah, I think if he can get a little bit stronger, he's going to be a really, really, really good player uh, for the Gators. Yeah, I mean, the, the defensive line was just getting pressure all day long, right? The, Brady Cook was never comfortable back there. And I said it before this, I said uh, that before the, the game started. Gators need to, the Gators need to make him uncomfortable. Um, you know, I think they did it in a little bit of a different way maybe than I would have liked simply because, you know, I was saying, you know, stop the run and that's going to make Brady Cook uncomfortable. But the Gators made him uncomfortable by getting to him, knocking him down. Ventrell Miller cracked Brady Cook uh, on a, on one uh, one of the throws he had back there. Um, yeah. Uh, Andrew, do you think Ventrell Miller is, is in the best shape of his life? He looks yes. to me, he, he looks to me like he is, is way faster. And I know we talked about this a little bit earlier in the pod, but he looks to me like he is 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 a little bit slimmer, and he looks to be way faster and way quicker. Yeah, it does. I mean, I definitely you know noticed the the little bit of a drop in weight um, for sure um, there, and um, you know when when you see that, you you just can see just how he has uh, kind of transformed his uh, um, body, and you know you look at him. Even though he has the foot injury, which is still not 100% by any means, uh, you look at him and he looks like he is playing more comfortable, too. Um, So, you know, yes, I think he's faster, but I also think he's not reacting as much and he's just allowing the play to happen. He's, he's not thinking so much. He's just going out there and playing. And, and I think a lot of that is because Patrick Tony's defense is a, a lot more simple for guys and, uh, you know, a little bit better for linebackers. Right. And, and, and we're seeing Ventral Miller this year, and I, and I think this is the first time we've ever seen this, but we're seeing Ventral Miller affect the game in more than just the, the run defense. Uh, and, this, and we have to give credit to Patrick Tony here as well. But on, on both of Jaden Hill's interceptions, Ventral Miller was lined up on off the edge and and he drops back in coverage on both of those and made two really good bumps. He bumped the the wide receiver off the routes, one of them directly directly uh, affecting the wide receiver that got picked off. Um, 
So I, I you know, and I, and I think that that's a that's a great little wrinkle. I I threw that I threw that kind of wrinkle on the boards there for you guys to see, but that's a that's a great wrinkle by uh by Patrick Tony in this defense, right? Because when when Ventral Miller lines up on the edge, I don't think a single person on Missouri's offense was expecting him to drop back into coverage. I know I wasn't, right? I, yeah. I know, I know w- w- when you see Ventral Miller line up the edge, you're saying, well, he's going to come, he's going to come knock me down, right? You're not thinking as a wide receiver who's lined up next to him that he's even going to, you don't, you, you, I, I don't even, like, I don't even think the, th- the thought ever crossed the receiver's mind, right? Of Ventral Miller dropping back into coverage because we've seen uh, in years past Ventral struggle in the past, in the, in, in, in the past game. Uh, but you saw him make two very effective plays uh, in, you know, and so, I think you're seeing an improvement from Ventral Miller there, right? You, you know, having the ability to to have him be effective on third downs is is, is crucial for the Skaters' defense. Yeah, and uh, I think Bernie played well in the game. Uh, I thought Shamar made a couple plays in the game as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I you know I think that uh, Tony is doing a good job of mixing up the looks. Um, mixing up the way he gets pressure, uh, mixing up the way he's allowing Ventrell to affect the game. And, and listen, you need Ventrell affecting the game. You need Ventrell, you know, being that, that leader on this team. That, that's when this team is the best. Is when, when Ventrell is your leader and is Ventrell's out there, you know, making all these plays because, I mean, he's the vet. So uh, I like it. Uh, there's nothing, um, you know, that I, I seen in that in that defensive scheme that I was like, uh, I don't know about. Uh, I thought the scheme overall was really good. Uh, and um, like you, like we said a minute ago, there's going to be some plays that that break. It just it is what it is with this defense. They're just they're they are who they are. You just have to have a sliding scale with them. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we mentioned it earlier you know, the Gators are going to have kind of inconsistencies this season, but we saw the Gators get after an offensive line. That's, that's pretty good for Missouri, right? This offensive line handled Georgia uh, a week ago. Right. So when you, when you look at it like that, man, th- th- this Gators defense was aggressive and, and they were honestly just mauling that, that, that Missouri offensive line. They, they, no, nobody on that offensive line and, and Brady cook, they, they just weren't comfortable all game long. And, and, and that was the key to the victory there for the Gators. Agree. Yeah, agree for sure. Uh, and and you, when you when you look at a quarterback like uh, Cook, that's a guy that you want to get pressure on. That's a guy that you want to make him feel uncomfortable. You know, he's a guy who you know has had an up and down you know season and an up and down career. He's a guy that you want to. You do not want him to be comfortable because guys like that that you know have that ability to come in and kind of manage the game. But if you allow them just to come in and really settle in and not have pressure and sit back there three, four, five, six seconds, uh, that's where they pick you apart. And, and they didn't allow that in this game. So, uh, you know, big overall, um, again, 24-17, and you get your first SEC win. Right. You know, I, you know, just back to Patrick Tony, I was a big fan of what he did uh, in this week. Um, you know, I, I thought that he – Andrew, I, I think he's realizing – that Ventral Miller is, is, is the Gators best defensive player. Um, and, and he's finding creative ways to use Ventral Miller outside of, of, of just the run game, right? We all know how good Ventral Miller is at stopping the run, right? But we're, we're seeing creative ways. We're seeing Tony put together different packages for Ventral Miller on defense so he can affect the game in more ways than one. Uh, we saw him blitz the quarterback 
on Saturday, Andrew, more than I think we've probably ever seen him do that. Um, they had him in on third downs and he was just getting after Brady Cook. Uh, you know, I think he was credited with just one quarterback hurry, but there were multiple times where, where he had Cook moving around. Uh, and so I, I, I just think you're fine. You're, you're seeing Tony recognize Miller is the best player and he's trying to, he's trying to get creative with him. Well, and the defensive line, for the most part, hasn't gotten a ton of pressure. Right. So you've got to figure out a way to get pressure. And, you know, the, 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 the problem with that is this, and that is you don't have a secondary right now that is great in one-on-one coverage. So how do you get creative with the pass rush without really hurting the back end of the secondary? Exactly. And that is – you know, dropping a Brenton Cox into coverage and bringing Ventrell and confusing the defensive line. You're still bringing four, but you're just confusing it. And that is what I think separates really good coordinators from, you know, just average coordinators. And again, I, you know, I've said this before, and I'll say it again, and I don't care if people get mad or whatever. Patrick Tony's one of the brightest defense coordinators in America. You, and and you, you don't even have to listen to me and, and take my word for it. There, there's great football coaches around the country who say that. Uh, football coaches who are coaching in the SEC, uh, won't name their names, that are coaching in the NFL that say that. So, yeah, I mean, the, the defense is going to get right. You just have to be a little patient with it. Right, and, and, and that's going to come with, with good recruiting uh, on the defensive line. And, and, you know, you can't forget that Corey Raymond's back there too. Depth, depth. I mean, I, I don't think that people understand. Having depth will help this uh, defensive line a ton. I mean, having guys that can, you know, line up and, and do what they're supposed to do is huge. I mean, you know, depth is a major concern. It's not just a talking point. It's a major concern for this team. And, and Andrew, going into the season on the defensive line, Jalen Lee was the starter. And honestly, Andrew, I, we haven't seen great play from him. He's your fourth best defense tackle, right? Uh, it, you know, it, it, yeah. I was just, so, so that's my point, right? Is that like going into the season, the guy that the Gators thought was their best player turns out he's 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 not even close, right? And 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 so when you look at the kind of the young players contributing on the defensive line, that's what gets me excited about the future. The depth just isn't there right now. That's just is what it is. Yeah, agree. Well, so the Gators get the win. Uh, now they have to get ready for uh LSU team that was just absolutely smoked up in Knoxville uh, by Tennessee. I mean, it was not pretty. Um, it was not pretty from the start where Tennessee kicked a, uh, uh, kicked off and uh, LSU muffed it and uh, uh, Tennessee got the ball. So 40-13, uh, to 13, Tennessee went to Baton Rouge and won. I mean – that's that's amazing as it is that you know you go into um, Baton Rouge and, and win by that much. Uh, let's see here, uh, da, 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 total yards. Yeah, LSU was held to 355. Uh, Tennessee had 502. Um, this is not a good LSU football team. Uh, so Florida needs to get ready for LSU. Obviously, LSU is going to come to Gainesville uh, motivated. Uh, they're going to come, and they're going to play their best game. They always do against Florida. Um, so, I, again, as we said on Friday, you're in the second leg of the back-to-back-to-back really tough physical football games. It's time to impose your will. Right. And, and you know, 
Andrew, it just seems like, and I guess you could say this is an every year thing, but it seems like this year, especially every game is getting more important for the Gators, right? It's like, you know, the Gators, the Gators had to get a get, had to get a win against Missouri. Well, now LSU comes to town, right? Two, four and two, two, four and two teams, you know, facing off against each other. Billy Napier versus Brian Kelly, two first year head coaches in the SEC. The grind man versus the, the cool man. So, so uh, there's a lot riding on this game for the Gators, right? It, it, if they can pull out a victory and, and improve to five and two, they're looking. They're you know they're in great shape for eight wins, uh, and, and and that would be a huge success for Billy Napier and his staff. So you know this, it, it, like I said, it just seems like every game Andrew is getting more and more and more important. Can you promise me that Mike Kelly's not going to be grinding on anybody? <laughs> I, I don't know if I can. I mean, you can't tell me those recruiting videos were not disturbing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know <laughs> I, I, I am not a, I am not a big fan of of Brian Kelly. I think he's a. Uh, in, Who interesting... was that? What's uh, was that was that Harold Perkins? I don't know. I can't remember now. I, I I just think it's a weird culture fit there with Brian Kelly and and, and LSU. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, it, the hiring did, it, it yeah it didn't make sense. It did not make sense to me. No, he does not. I mean that you know listen, uh, Orgeron could get away with it of uh, that quirkiness because he was he's from there. You know, he's Cajun. Uh, Brian Kelly is a northerner who sticks out like a sore thumb. No, yeah. that's uh, that's not good. Uh, some good games around the SEC though. Uh, I, I thought uh, I thought my man Nick Saban was going to throw a life jacket to uh, to Jimbo in that game as uh, <sighs> he allowed him to stay close uh, in the game and uh, won twenty four twenty. Uh, they got a late stop in the game. What a bozo play by by Jimbo throwing a back shoulder fade. You know, with as your last play of the game, like, come on, man, like, whatever. How, how much longer? How much longer do they stick with Jimbo? I mean, like, and, and I know that sounds crazy to say, right? But l- hear me out. It, it, if if when you hired Jimbo Fisher, you said, okay, he's in his what, sixth year or whatever. I mean, or, or, right. how, how, yeah, let's just say he's in his sixth year. Let's say you know he's in his sixth year. You're playing Alabama. Alabama's on their backup quarterback. And you lose. I think that Texas A&M fans are are very unhappy with that outcome. Uh, and you know, I know Alabama's still a good team with the backup quarterback. I get that. But like, how 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 much longer are they gonna let they gonna let this let let this slide? With uh, you know, a, a quarterback who wasn't very good, and with a payroll that's through the roof. Right. They're like the not, Yankees and the Mets. Yeah, and you it's know, not for a lack of talent. Massive payroll. And it's not for a lack of talent at Texas A&M. It's a lack of quarterback play. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's supposedly the quarterback who, guru. Yeah, but who's uh, the place for that? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's him. Jimbo, I Jimbo's mean, first of all, they were relying on Max Johnson, who has a noodle of an arm, transferred from LSU, who goes down. Then you're, you know, over here and you're relying on Hayes King, who's not very good. I mean, Hayes King got very lucky in the game that Evan Stewart has a vert that's through the roof uh, and is in the receiver. Um, yeah, so that was crazy. Uh, Brian Harson, buddy, 
your job's not getting any more secure. Uh, Georgia beat you 42-10, to 10, and you had opportunities throughout that game that you could have scored and you didn't. Um, Mississippi State crushes Arkansas, and uh, South Carolina beats Kentucky. And, uh, man, that Kentucky loss is a killer for Florida. Right. And, yeah, that's true. But, I, you know, I know uh, – Andrew, I know these teams aren't in the, the SEC, but we saw losses from FSU and Miami uh, in, in a week where the Gators won. Yeah. I mean, Crystal Ball just keeps showing us all what he really is, and that's a fraud on Saturdays. And and I know there were some people in the Gator Country message boards talking about it, but that that questionable play call, Andrew, by Mike Norvell at the end of the game. um, What was it? I didn't see it. So there was was 38 seconds left. Uh, FSU was down just two points, and they were at about the 25-yard line. They had all three timeouts, and they they were clipping uh, NC State on the ground. They threw a basically a Hail Mary to the end zone that was picked off with 38 seconds left down two on the 25 yard line and it was picked off. Uh, it was a, it was like a, it was just a vertical throw. I mean, it, it was just a, it was just a go route and it was easily picked off. It was a terrible throw. Um, it, 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 and I'm in, and I know FSU has a bad kicker. I know their kicker has been awful this year. I know that they have zero faith in the kicker, but you have 38 seconds and three timeouts. You can get down to the goal line before attempting a pass, right? You don't need to, why, 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 why did they throw a, a why did they do, run a go route with 38 seconds left? You know, you, 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 you can get to the point. You can literally get to the goal line to where it's an extra point for the win, right? So right. I, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, I, I do understand, you know, being aggressive and, and really trying to score, but that's not the way to do it. You run that football until you get to the goal line, and then if you want to make a throw before kicking the extra point, go for it. Because it's, right. it's, harder, to pick, it's harder to pick a ball off in the, in the goal line, right, because the, de- the defense is likely playing man. So they're not going to be really looking for the ball. So uh, to me, that that's a that's a highly questionable play call and and one that I honestly don't understand. Yeah, that sounds that sounds insane. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not uh, not good for them, uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, and you look at it, uh, they dropped to what three and two now, four and two now. Four and two. Um, Miami, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what to say about them. Except three straight for, losses, three straight losses for Miami. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, the the thing for Miami is they're just – they're not playing well at all. I mean, they're just they're just not playing well. Um, and uh, they're two and three on the season. So, we'll see, you know. Crystal Ball is not a good Saturday football coach. I've said that forever, and I'll continue to say it. So, uh, we shall see. Who's Miami have next week? Miami has – oh, they got to go to Virginia Tech. So, it should be a uh, – it's an interesting game. Both teams are not very good. Yep. That's true. So, all right, Nick, we will get out of here, and we will see everyone on uh, Friday as we preview Florida and LSU in the swamp on Saturday night and what is promised to be a massive, massive recruiting weekend for the Gators uh, as uh, a lot of top prospects will be on campus. We'll have that previewed. Uh, and uh, we'll be previewing it all throughout the week, and I know you and Gentry will be previewing uh, that, and we'll have some basketball coverage as well. Yeah, absolutely. We are excited. You know, LSU brings in the the fourth-ranked defense in the SEC, so the Gators got to be prepared. And they bring in the number one grinding dancer, Brian Kelly. So, hey, remember this. 
and this is what I want you to remember. Brian Kelly, Notre Dame. They always find a way to piss away a game. <laughs> hey, there you go. I like that. There you go. So, all right, guys, make sure to check us out on Gator Country on the web and on social media, and we'll be back on Friday to preview the Gators and the Tigers. Yes, sir.